you're tuned in to the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show, a podcast from Greenville, South Carolina, on all things food, beverage, locally roasted coffee, and craft beer. I'm John Malik, the lesser half of Greenville's best-loved chef couple, John and Amy Malik, and we're broadcasting from our Tin Roof Farm in Piedmont, South Carolina. Thank you for listening, and welcome to the show. Today's episode of the Tim Roof Farm Radio Show is brought to you by Dr. Timothy Hughes, the orthodontist. Y'all, Timothy was my orthodontist uh, as of today. Uh, I do not have to go see him anymore. I had my braces off for about six or seven months now. My wife loves my new smile, and it was something I probably needed when I was a kid, but for whatever reason, I think maybe my dad spent all his money on my three sisters. (laughs) If you think you need braces or if you'd like a better smile, um, go see Timothy Hughes. Find him. He's right off Mills Avenue, uh, close to the intersection of Augusta Road and and Mills Avenue. And he is a great orthodontist. Welcome to the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show, y'all. John and Michelle Stauffer of Colonial Milling. So if you're a fan of the downtown market, uh, you've probably seen John and Michelle out there. They've also been featured in Southern Living, Fox News, Town Carolina, the local newspapers in Greenville and Sparkle City, and probably points beyond that. And if you're not familiar, they grow, dry, and mill heirloom varieties of corn and turn them into all sorts of goodies like corn meal, corn flour, polenta, and grits, and they are so wonderful. I know uh, now, John and Michelle, thank you very much for coming out. Thank you for having us. Thanks. This is great. It's my pleasure. So I know y'all are y'all are professional farmers. Uh, my my wife and I were just uh, amateur farmers or hobby farmers. Uh, sure hope you enjoyed the visit today. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Any, yeah. Any excuse, excuse to get off of our farm is <laughs> is a fun day. So. <laughs> and you and uh, you got to meet our goats and um, uh, I think it was a little bit too late for the turkeys. Turkeys kind of have an early bedtime. I've never seen a goat faint. That was that was well worth the trip. It was. We have we have two we have uh, we have two goats. We have we have uh, two Tennessee fainting goats, and I swear they faint at the at the most bizarre times. Usually, usually it's uh, usually they faint in front of me when I'm trying to cut the grass or something like that. Where it's just you know. But whenever we have guests over, they never faint. And tonight they fainted in front of. John and Michelle and their son Grant and Grant just thought that was hysterical and, and he just let them go just like I, I said move out of the way or something and he just you know and just collapsed. That's <laughs> well, good. So um, tell us a little something about yourselves now. How did the two of y'all meet? I'm gonna let Michelle handle this question. Okay. Well, um, only because I would like to hear her side. Right. Of- <laughs> her side. <laughs> right. So this story is going to take us back to high school, all the way back 20 years ago, 22, 23 years ago. Well, you know, I like this show to run about a half an hour. So oh, was- <laughs> well, I knew who he was because I played soccer with his sister. Um, but we maybe said hello going down the hall. The first time I talked to him, though, he was on a date at a football game. And I mm-hmm. uh, obviously went and sat in between <laughs> Between the two of them and introduce myself. No, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Wow. I, and I'm not usually and, and, that and, and, forward and, of a person, so I, yeah. I don't know what got into me. 
<laughs> yeah, that yeah. That's pretty that's much it. it. Right? He had Savage long yeah. like nineties hair and he got it cut short and something about it. I just I said, Let me see your haircut. I sat right down in between them and what? here we are. Well, so who who is it who are you on a date with? <laughs> is she still out there somewhere? Uh yes. Does she ever was. forgive you? <laughs> I you know, I don't know. I took her home and and you said, and you said, you know, I'm going to be a farmer one day, and I'm going to <laughs> work 15-hour days and seven days a week. <laughs> at the time, it was the it was the sheriff of Spartanburg County. It was his daughter. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> she's really nice, she's, and pretty, and hello oh, yes. out there. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, to ruin your day. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yes, beautiful girl, very nice girl. Yeah, but. Something about this chick that just busted up in the middle of my date. I said, this is nuts. That's great. That's great. I love that. So the two of y'all did, now, did y'all separately, did y'all have a love of farming prior to meeting or, or was this, how did you, how did y'all get into this? Yes, we would have had to have some sort of a, um, a want, a need to do this. We, mm-hmm. We've always talked about doing this. So she has. Um, we, we were both so young. I was 15. He was right. 17 when we met. So mm-hmm. did we know that one day we would be farmers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was Probably. seven years ago? Was that seven, eight years Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so did we know this would be what we wanted to do with our lives? Maybe not necessarily, but. Um, my dad grew up on a dairy farm in Switzerland, and I was very cool. privileged as a kid to get to go and spend a few weeks out of the summer. And something about the smell of the hay and the smell of the animals. And I would watch my grandmother go to her backyard garden, and she would pick vegetables for a salad. And I would watch my grandfather chop uh, chop the, the vegetables and we all sat down and enjoyed it. And something about food not being a burden or a chore, um, I think really did change the way I see food. It, it's about the, the time spent together, the conversations in the kitchen. And so I didn't realize that at 15, no, but I think as an adult, I strive to recreate that in our kitchen. I love that food, not being a burden or a chore. Golly, right. my, my mom, my mom, my mom, uh, her parents were Texan, right? But when she was, um, prior to her being born, I think they, he got a job. Granddaddy got a job in Durango, Mexico, managing a huge ranch. And she grew up on this massive ranch in Durango. You know, uh, she was born in 1933. So in Durango, Mexico, a uh, 45,000 acre ranch. It was very, they were very self-sufficient. Uh, they generated their own power, their own water. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, of course they had uh, s- several tens of thousands of cattle, um, but they also gardened everything and and uh, they were they were very self-sufficient. And she never, she was the one that taught me, gave me my love of cooking, and cooking for her was never a burden. It was never a chore. Never. She never would have said that. Mm-hmm. God, it's su- such a beautiful statement. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. She's very good at it. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I do enjoy it. I, I like it when we have a, 
I like having a full kitchen. I like having people there. And, yeah. Um, yep. So. Same here. Same yeah. here. I love cooking for a crowd. You know. Mm-hmm. And then what about you? How did you? What happened? When did you get bit by the farming bug? It's funny. I told you this story just a couple of days ago, and I've never thought about it until that day. The first time I would have gotten bitten by that bug, I was. So my family moved up here from uh, Florida when I was six. So I would have had to been five, mm-hmm. probably ish. And I can remember uh, walking through or under a barbed wire fence into a cattle pasture, which felt like went on for days and weeks, you know, mm-hmm, had to be mm-hmm. however many hundreds of acres. Clearly we were trespassing because right. we didn't live on a farm. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and I just thought there's cows here, you know, there's, there's cow patties <laughs> everywhere. And you could tell the grass had been eaten it was completely foreign to what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, but when we stepped through the fence, it's like I'd stepped into a different life. And it, it was almost like you take a deep breath and just say, ah, you know, kind of, wow, mm-hmm. this is, you just take it all in. Right. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I was five, you know, right. but something there happened. I, I, I can't tell you. <laughs> it felt what. right. It just it yeah. was just different. Yeah. And then from there it was uh, you know up in high school when I finally got a job on a you know farm. Uh, so yeah, I always wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Is your farm first of all? Do you have a name for your farm? No. Okay. We need one. Can you help you, us you do name need our one. farm? You yes. do. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> We're not good at naming things. We named our son <clears throat> my water broke. <laughs> really. We're not good at names. So your farm is in Pauline, which is Spartanburg County. Yes. Right? Tell me exactly what y'all grow there. Because I know you grow corn, but... Yes, for market would be corn, but we grow... We experiment with all kinds of things, like yeah. uh, cover crop type things. So mm-hmm. we rotate corn through different fields. So behind corn, we'll grow uh, I mean, anything I can find as far as seed, which is actually kind of tough to do locally to find. I'm not; it's not exotic, but you know, like uh, mung beans. Okay, you know. I can't find mung beans anywhere and I can't find anybody to, to order me mung beans, you know, but I would grow those if I could get my hands on them. Uh, so I go to iron and clay pea. Um, I go with, uh, just ordered seed for the, the fall cover crops, which we'll be planting ryegrass, uh, clover, um, wheat, Stuff like that, but it's mostly for cover crops, and then we're also moving the cows to the cover crops and the chickens um, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. eat the cover crops and things like that. Okay. Your only uh, crop that you're selling is corn. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and, you're, and you're turning that corn. Now, it's an heirloom 
varieties of corn, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, which is hard to come by. Very. Yeah. You want to uh, delve it? You want to get into that for a minute? or Sure. Any kind of uh, – to get any kind of a uh, amount of seed, you know, to be able to – Produce it commercially is, yeah, very tough. Yeah. So why is that? I know why, but go ahead and tell our listeners why. Why is it hard to find? Yeah. Who could, so who controls corn in this country? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh oh. There's one. There's uh, one company, right? <laughs> yes, but <laughs> they they do, and I I'm gonna send them a Christmas card this year. Oh, okay. Tell them thank you. They have done a fabulous job. Yeah. Uh. Steering people away from it. Yeah, Monsanto. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they recently just sold to Bear. So right, exactly. You know, so now it's Bear's turn to pick up the torch and run with it. Right. Which I I have a lot of. I think there's a lot of different reasons they sold. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think. I don't know if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't want to go too far down. Right. Yeah. There's there's. uh, But yeah, sure. It's. Okay, the the main reason, it's got nothing to do with a company that controls seed or anything like that. The main reason is because the farmer is paid per bushel basis. Mm -hmm. The more bushels you can grow, Mm -hmm. the more potential money you can make. Okay. You take an old corn that yields very poorly, you're going to go broke. That Mm -hmm. is a... Absolute, definite, no way around. Certainty, Mm -hmm. yes. So the farmer that's farming on a commercial basis has no choice but to go with one of these bred up corns, you know, or modified corns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to say that it's anybody's fault for growing that corn. They're literally be put out of business if they don't grow that. They're right. playing the game. So yeah, it's uh, make that payment. It's it's just the life we live in. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you on, we're discussing the genetically modified products that's right. that's um, that they're owned solely by Monsanto. Uh, well, or, or, yeah, but there's there's a there's several companies out there that you can get, you know, modified seed from and. Mm-hmm. and it all it it literally all comes down to yield. I, I mean, if I'm if I'm that commercial grower, I'm going to harvest my crop and take it to the elevator. Yeah. And then I'm going to get paid whatever the market is at that point. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to play the basically the futures game, and I'm going to trade contracts. You know, however I can get ahead and make a few extra cents per bushel, that's what I'm going to do. Right. That's not my game. Yeah. I, I don't. So tell us about the corn that you grow. Our our corn is a very poor yielding corn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's very challenging because we can't grow it the way most people grow corn <laughs> these days. So, we can't just go out and spray weeds and right. and you know have a beautiful crop and it's but at the same time it's a very tasty corn. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It, it, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's basically the bottom line. It's a it's a delicious variety of corn. 
Uh, there's several out there. Uh, this is the one that I could get my hands on, so that's what we started with. What variety is that? What do you grow? So we grow Hawkins Prolific, mm-hmm. which is a white variety. Right. Uh, Hickory King, which is a yellow variety. Gotcha. Okay. And does that change year to year? Uh, yes, it can. Uh, we could have more of one than we do of another, but mm-hmm. typically we grow those two. Mm-hmm. I'm also kind of experimenting with the... Uh, with some others that mm-hmm. I'm that mm-hmm. I'm got some ideas about. Yeah. yeah. When you're growing, so corn is what sixty, seventy days to maturity. No, corn is well. You could find probably seventy-five to eighty-day corn, but that's going to okay. be north, and that's going to be some sort of a hybrid or right. modified type version. Yeah. Our corn is typically one hundred and twenty days here. But even so, seed in the ground to harvest 120 days. No, see that throws me off too. Okay, <laughs> that's All I right. put seed in the ground and it's 120 days, and my corn's not ready to pick. I don't. What have I done wrong? Yeah. You know? uh, apparently, that's I don't I don't quite understand that to be honest with you. But yeah. apparently, it's uh, that's the point at which it's mature and it starts to dry down. Okay. So from year to year, you know, like this year is 160 days. Wow. You know, which really stinks when there's a nice big hurricane. Right. Way, you know, <laughs> right. I'm having my 120 yeah. day corn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So walk, so walk us through briefly. Uh, so once the corn matures, uh, you leave it to dry on the stalk, correct? In a perfect world, we would leave it to dry on the stalk, mm-hmm. and it would be the perfect moisture. It would all be standing up straight, mm-hmm. and we would pick it with a combine, and it would just be perfect. But that's not right. at all how it really works. So the corn falls over. The moisture's not right. The moisture's not right, exactly. Um, there's it's Every year, there's something different, which... Uh, you just have to react to. You know? Right. We were late to get here tonight because we needed to get corn out of the field, which we should have had last week, but, you know, the moisture wasn't right. Right. And okay. we just have to react when things get right. And they could be wrong yesterday and right today. It could literally change like that. Wow. Okay. Um, just it's all depending on the weather. This year's been tough because um, it's – not only stayed warm, but it stayed humid. Right. So, um, just in general, you don't want to pick corn below, say, 15% moisture. Mm-hmm. It's been over that up until this point. Yeah. So, uh, if you pick it over 15% moisture, there's a good chance it's going to rot. You know, it's not stable. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So, you have to be kind of careful about that. Those kinds of things. So once you harvest, uh, what is the process between harvest and actual milling? So harvesting, basically we sort the corn, good ears from bad, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Hopefully it's dried at that point. And uh, we could take it from there, shell it. Mm-hmm. 
from the sheller we would um, we would blow the try to blow as much chaff out of it as okay. we could okay. and then run it through a cleaner and then um, once it's run through the cleaner we would actually go through all the kernels by hand visually you know just to make sure there's no foreign objects in there before right. we mill it and okay. then it's ready to mill so y'all package cornmeal corn flour grits and polenta correct exactly yes okay and the only difference in those is the thickness the 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 screen that it goes through um yes but there are some milling let's say the polenta's milled differently also so um, the actual process, when I mill grits, I'm going to wind up with cornmeal. That's just what happens in okay. the milling process. So you have to separate the grits from the meal. Okay. In the polenta, you'll wind up with, say, flour. It's basically the same as grits. You know, grits, you wind up with cornmeal. Polenta, you wind up with the derivative of corn flour. But... The milling of polenta is pretty tough. It's 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 kind of tough. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Well, your stones are a lot closer. You know, you're talking about something the point of your pencil. Uh huh. And you got these two stones going 650 RPMs revolutions per minute. Right. And you don't want those things to touch, but yet you have to get them close enough that you're making pencil points yeah. over and over and over and over yeah. and over. So it, it's that's tough. Yeah, that's just tough. And so, um, it, so if you if you don't know uh, when he says sewn, so uh, a traditional uh, traditional milled stones would look like. Well, in my day, it would be an album, right? A big, uh, a big flat uh, record, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, but they're about what six to eight inches thick. Yeah. And so you've got two of them, right? Right. And they're they're rotating opposite one another. No, actually, one. Uh, so you have a bed stone, and okay. that stone is stationary. Then you have a runner stone, but which, it's flat though; it's horizontal. Yes. So it's a big flat. Uh, not it's it's vertical. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they stand vertical and gotcha. smell. Um, so one is a bedstone. It stays stationary. The other is a runner, and it can be moved in or out based on the grind you want. So gotcha. with grits, yeah. I'm backing that grind out. I want mm -hmm. a larger particle mm -hmm. size. With polenta, I want a tighter particle size. So I'm adjusting that rock in. The thing you don't want is the two stones to bump, right. to touch. Yeah. That what is happens uh, what happens then. Is, <laughs> it's a, it's. I think I know, but <laughs> it's a horrendous smell. Um, you don't want to. Yeah. Do you get piss, pieces of uh, granite? No, in there? it's not like that. It's um, you'll know as soon as you do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's bad on your stones. You know, you right. you really don't want that to happen because your stones are. Um, what do, uh, what do they call that? Where they they tune their stone, tune the stones. Um, the stones create a chipping of the uh, corn. Gotcha. And if you dull that, 
you know, if you touch the stones very often, you're going to dull that knife's edge kind of with right. what it is that uh, allows the chipping of the um, of the corn. You'll wind up with, you know, kind of a more rounded, um, instead of flakes of corn, it'll be more rounded. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, t- so the, that would affect the texture. As, uh, the finished product would yeah. be a little bit different. Right. Is yeah. that where the saying, keep your nose to the grindstone, comes from? That's right. Yeah. All right. How about yeah. that? How about that? Did y'all ever, when y'all decided y'all wanted to get into farming, did you ever consider a crop other than corn? Or what? What? why did y'all say, you know what, sweetheart, I think our future is in grits. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is he actually did say, um, honey, now we'd already bought this house and we're trying to bring the fields back because um, this farm has not been farmed probably in, what, 30, 40 years, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe fifty, sixty years. It doesn't matter. Probably. It hasn't been far- farmed in a long time. You're, you're I'm digging up mule shoes. Yeah. So the last time <laughs> this place was yeah. tilled in any kind of manner, it was with a mule. Okay, gotcha. Literally. Yeah. You know, I'm. Yeah. And, I've and got buckets your, of mule shoes. Your farm dates to pre-revolutionary war, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's neat. So why did y'all decide on corn? Uh, because I like a challenge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he like, says, honey, let's try to grow some corn and that can be what we farm here. And I'm thinking you've lost your mind because every time <laughs> we've tried to grow sweet corn in the garden, it tassels out at knee high. Like we cannot grow <laughs> sweet corn at all. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> My idea was, well, everybody else can do it. You know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was kind of the idea. That, um, but why not? Why not wheat or tobacco or or my first crop was, was wheat. Okay. Um, but it was a cover crop. Okay. Uh, so I've which define? Tell me about cover crop. Is that something that's you're going to till that under? Um, so you're gonna you're gonna you're adding a nutrient to the soil. Is that the purpose of a cover crop? Yes, in a manner. Um, so I'll tell you the 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 thing that the reason I decided to take the leap and start farming. I was I understood that if if I went out and did things the same way that it has been done typically. <laughs> I was going to wind up with the same conclusion as everyone right. else. Right. And most everyone I talked to said, you will lose everything you have and go broke and, you know, mm-hmm. good luck with that. Yeah. So I was constantly looking for something for a different way, you know, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across these guys in North Carolina that were growing cover crops and then rolling these cover crops down at a point in in the growing cycle. And the idea was that they could conserve moisture by rolling this down um, and also make it harder for the weeds to penetrate. You know, gotcha. so it's a weed barrier and it's a, mo- a, a moisture barrier also, basically. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, so my background – on back was, uh, you know, landscaping and those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I understood 
what they were saying. And when I saw that, I said, that's it. Yeah. Now, okay, let's go. You know, let's, now we can do this. Yeah. But up until that point, I had no clue, you know, mm-hmm. how I was going to do this or what we were going to do. I, I, it was more of a let's work hard our whole life, save our money. When we finally retire, maybe we'll go have a farm somewhere, you know, because <laughs> we'll, hopefully we'll have a pile of money saved up uh-huh. and then we can spend it all on this farm. <laughs> you know, it was kind of more that line of thought, right? Versus let's go. Farm for a, living. for a living, right? Exactly. Yeah. When I when I saw this video, I said, "That's the answer." Now okay. it wasn't the answer, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the time that was that, the answer. That, that was yes. <laughs> gave him the confidence, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so carrying on here. So all right. So I'm curious now. How many times have y'all been asked either what's a grit or how do you make grits? Every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> this is our third. This is our third year at the Greenville Downtown Market, the TD Greenville Market, and it has been a blessing getting to meet people from all over the country who are in Greenville and either checking it out to move here or they've just moved here. Um, and so we, we get that question every week. What is a grit? You know, they all have, <laughs> What's a grit? They have this look of fear in their face. Like I've heard about these, what I've heard about. A Didn't grit. they not do their research before they moved know. here? I've heard about this grit. What is it? You know, and they're kind of scared and nervous and we say, just relax. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's corn and you're going to, you know, just taste it, just taste it. And it has been awesome to see their reaction because this thing, this grit that they've been anticipating is actually wonderful. And Mm -hmm. um, it's it's probably one of the most rewarding parts of our job is taking the seed, planting it, and then watching people taste it. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. Are y'all at another market other than Greenville's downtown market? No, we wish we could be everywhere, but it's just the two of us. <laughs> Grant helps a lot, but he's only eight, so. Yeah, well, you know. You can only do what you can do. Yeah. What are your goals for next year? Hopefully uh, to have a better crop than we had this year. <laughs> yeah. Always improving. You know, just, yeah, yeah. just in general, yeah. taking the lessons that I learned this year and applying them next year. And hoping for even better results. Okay. So uh, my overall goal is to take a corn that yields very poorly and try to get those yields, you know, a little better each year. Yeah. Um. So that that's kind of the farm side. Uh, we've we've learned a lot with cows this year grazing these covers. Mm-hmm. That's been really neat to see. I've learned a lot on that side and the more I can learn there, you know, it's just, if you look at the farm or ag as a, um, as a system, mm-hmm. it's hard to move forward without all of the system. You know, it, it takes so many moving parts right? that um, unless everything moves forward, you know, nothing moves forward. Nothing moves forward. Yeah. yeah, something lags. You're only you're only as strong as your weakest link. You yeah. know that kind of thing. Yeah. If and that's more what I'm learning. How yeah. how do we 
continue this cycle, this life cycle on the farm and move it forward and everything yield better, you know, right. and get, um, that, that all has, that's all tied back to soil health, which yeah. really excites me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But y'all, y'all are gonna, uh, stick with the, uh, with the, with the corn and the grits. I mean, you don't have, you don't have a plan to, to, um, uh, branch into wheat or, um, anything like that, that your customers at the market could purchase. Yeah, actually, I'm working on some of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want to tell us what it is, or you want to keep that a secret, or what? No, there's no secret there. <laughs> um, I got some uh, seed two years ago. Um, basically, literally, a <laughs> handful of seed. Mm-hmm. I think Michelle posted this. A variety of wheat that was indigenous to this area. Well, the settlers brought it over. In the 1700s. So mm-hmm. 1700s, okay. this area would have been planted in this wheat. It's called purple straw. Okay. Purple straw wheat, um, I assumed grew like every wheat, every other wheat that I had grown lately. Yeah, it does. It grows <laughs> completely different. Spacing-wise, yeah. it's just completely different. So I've had to somewhat learn how to grow that wheat. We're increasing our seed stock in order to come to market, hopefully in the next year, maybe two at the most, and be able to offer flour, wheat flowers. Oh, love it. So love it. That would be really neat. Do you know the folks at Carolina Ground? Uh, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. They're friends of mine. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll hook you up with a All right. with a connection. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So Carolina ground flowers are grown by uh, former tobacco farmers or, or in former tobacco fields, and um, she's just done an amazing job. And their flowers, I love their flowers. They're just they are just brilliant. So uh, good luck at that, and I I will get you a contact to to um, to talk to. That is all the time we have, unless y'all have a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> So where can we find you other than the market? So what happens when the market? So the market's only got a couple weeks left. So where can we get your 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 uh, your grits and cornmeal after um, the market? So we have an online presence. You can okay. order colonialmilling.com. Um, we're in several stores. Name them, please. Greenville County. We are in Swamp Rabbit Grocery, Pickwick Pharmacy, mm-hmm. New York New York Butcher Shop on Augusta Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spartanburg, we're in uh, Baloo's Market, Baloo's um, Farm, Farm, Bowling yes. Springs. Springs, Mott & Sons, <laughs> Brown's Meat Market, Thank Garner's, uh-huh. um, up towards Highway 11, McDowell Farms, Yes, um, There's a and list Pauline, on- uh, Carolina Wildlife Supply. We have we have a full list of our also in Clemson at Patrick Square, right? Patrick Square, yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Mostly local between Spartanburg and Greenville. Uh, I actually just shipped to Georgia for the first time, not shipping wise, but a store in Georgia that's okay. now carrying our products. Yeah. So, other than that, it's basically local. Anybody ever compare your stuff to Anson Mills? Anson Mills. <laughs> 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 but, 
Should I edit that out? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. me stuttering through all of our... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn's Glenn did a great job. I mean, Glenn, he is, he's done a oh, tremendous, he's, tremendous yes. job with... He's the mm-hmm. godfather of this Absolutely. whole movement. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all the time we have for tonight. John and Michelle Stauffer, Colonial Milling. Thank you all so much for coming out to the farm, for being a guest in the podcast. I love, I love, love what you all are doing. And I know uh, chefs that, that love your stuff. And, um, and, and when I've posted uh, on some of the platforms, hey, John and Michelle are coming out, messages and whatnot and and a few text messages. Oh my gosh, I love those guys. Tell them thank you so much. So if you have not had their, if you have not cooked their grits yet, or uh, made cornbread from their from their uh, cornmeal, or breaded your darn catfish from their corn flour, you don't know what you're missing. So please pick up a package of their uh, white or yellow cornmeal, corn flour, polenta, or grits, and do yourself a favor because they are they are just wonderful. Find the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. And if you'd like to see photos of their visit to the farm, just go to our website, tinrooffarmradioshow.com, and search Colonial Milling or Best Grits Ever. And you can follow them on Instagram at Colonial Milling. And I am on Instagram at Chef John Malik, or my wife Amy is at Tin Roof Farm. And we're also on Facebook at Tin Roof Farm Radio Show. Thank you very much for coming out, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank this has you. been great. The Tin Roof Farm Radio Show is a production of Jack Russell Social Media, and our music is all gussied up by John Starcluster. Thank you for listening.